0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: Folks, I'm going to make a statement that may seem harsh, but do you know the main reason why miracles are not being done in the church world today like we see them uh, recorded in the book of Acts in the early chapters? Because of the prayer life of the church. Now, certainly it has something to do with believing wrong doctrine. And I'm not sure how you could, I'm not sure it would be appropriate to emphasize one or the other. But we can, without question, say that the prayer life of the church has changed. No, I don't think anybody would argue that, would they? They continued steadfastly. That means they're continuing in prayer. And great fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. People didn't stop being people. They're still going to be themselves. They're still going to have their quirks. People are not completely without sin or or perfect in any way. But Acts chapter 3 tells us that there was a sign and wonder done at the beautiful gate of the temple. The man was healed. The crippled man was healed. I wonder if that had anything to do with what they were praying about. And let me ask you this. What do they know about the word to pray? They've got no Bible. They've got no letters. The only thing they've got is the Old Testament. How is the church supposed to operate according to Old Testament doctrine? They don't even have the Gospels. They've got the Law and the Prophets. So what are they praying? Folks, in my opinion, you judge this for yourself, but they've just been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What are they doing more of than anything else if not speaking with other tongues? In other words why not use what you just found out was the Holy Spirit that filled you? Now, I don't think that's a question just for the early church. I don't understand why we don't ask that question today. What in the world are you filled with the Holy Ghost for if you're not using it to speak in other tongues? What's he supposed to do with you? Is he just hitching a ride through life with you like Brother Hagin used to say? Poor old God, he's so bored, he doesn't have anything else to do. He's got to walk around with you all day Wondering when in the world you're going to wake up. What is it for if not to use? What is he there for if not to help you through the exercise of what he gave you? So the man at the beautiful gate is healed. Peter and John are called before the, the council. Same ones who crucified Jesus are now questioning them. By what power or what name have you done this thing? They said, Jesus, the one you crucified, he's raised from the dead. They have a real confab about what they're going to do. Finally, they threaten them and, and tell them not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. It says in verse 23 of Acts chapter 4, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto to them and made plans to get out of town. Now, most people would have, but that's not what they did. Notice what they did when they were threatened not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus when Jesus has just said, Go speak all these words unto the people go preach the gospel unto all mankind notice what they did being let go they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them and when they heard that when they heard the threatenings when they heard about the trouble folks here's what you always do should do when trouble comes they lifted up their voice to god with one accord and said now i'm going to ask you the same thing i asked last week i think it was last week maybe the week before anyway bears repetition and that is this who's leading the prayer It's got to be the Holy Ghost. They've never been threatened before. They don't have anything that they can turn to in their Bibles and say, here's what you do when the Jews threaten you. So what are they doing? They're responding to the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. What, therefore, are they most accustomed to doing? Praying. They follow their normal pattern, which is prayer. Now, since nobody is leading this prayer, certainly this is not written in English. It was written in Greek originally, and it's interpreted into, or translated in the English language for us. But nobody's standing up leading them in Greek or any other language except the language that is given by the Holy Ghost. This, I want you to understand, this is a Holy Ghost interpretation of what they're all praying together in tongues. When, I, when my, my eyes were opened to that one day, been years ago now, but when I saw that one day, this prayer took on a special meaning for me because I thought, now here are people that don't know any more than I do and in most cases know a lot less, I think, because of the truth of the word that we have that they didn't have. And now they're lifting up their voice in one accord in other tongues. They're just praying out in other tongues, not having one clue, one idea what they're praying. They know what they're facing, but they're just trusting the Holy Ghost to help them pray about the situation that, that stands in, in, in front of them. That's all they know. They don't know what they're praying. They don't know what they're saying. And Here's the Holy Ghost giving us a record of what they prayed. Now Luke wouldn't know. Luke wasn't even there. How is Luke going to write it to us? By the revelation of the Holy Ghost. That means when you pray in other tongues and don't know what you're praying for and wonder if you're praying anything about what you're facing or your situation or whatever circumstances are in front of you, that means here's what we can expect the Holy Ghost to do for us or what God hears in heaven about what we're saying, which ought to give you a great incentive to speak in tongues more. I think one of the greatest criminal acts in the, in the modern-day church is people that are filled with the Holy Spirit that do not pray in other tongues regularly. And by regularly, I mean many times a day. Oh, but Pastor Mike, you just don't understand. I'm so busy on my job. I don't have time to pray for an hour. Who said anything about an hour? Read through this and tell me how long it took for them to say this. I think one of the greatest injustices done in the minds of the church, I'm not saying the person that did it was wrong, but somebody that took the, the saying of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane about what, could you not pray with me one hour? Because now everybody thinks you've got to pray for an hour if you open your mouth. I like what Smith Wilkesworth said when he was questioned about his prayer life, and he seemed to know God pretty well. He raised 20-some-odd people from the dead in his ministry. I, I don't know. That just makes me think he knew God somehow. Somebody asked him about his prayer life, and he said, Well, he said, I rarely pray over anything, any one thing for more than 30 minutes at a time. He said, But I never go 30 minutes without praying. Man, I like that kind of prayer life. I can do that. I can find minutes here and there. So what did they pray? Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Notice the Holy Ghost magnifies God in his greatness first and foremost who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Second thing the Holy Ghost does is quote the word. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel is determined before it to be done. What's the Holy Ghost doing? He's saying this is working just the way that it was supposed to. Why? How would he know? Because he's the miracle worker. He's the agent who administers the will of God in the earth. And now, Lord, notice all these things are done first. See, you pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to worry about praying because you're afraid of what's coming down the road. You're praying the perfect will of the Father. And this gives us an example of what that looks like. And now, Lord after you've magnified God after you've quoted the word after you've put things in proper perspective God's in control God can take care of this nothing's too big for God and now Lord behold the threatenings and grant first thing he asked for grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word why? because the word of God is the power of God there should be nothing more important in your life than speaking God's word you want your situation to change speak the word Notice that's important enough for the Holy Ghost to even do it in prayer. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak thy word. How? What's going to give them that kind of boldness? By stretching forth your hand to heal. And the signs and wonders may be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, of thy holy child Jesus. What are they praying for? They're praying for a move of the Holy Ghost. Now think about what that means. Here's the Holy Ghost inspiring the church to pray for a move of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost can move whenever he wants to, why does he need him to pray? We know the Holy Ghost wants to move. It's his time. Here's the Holy Spirit waiting 4,000 years for his time to come. Now his time comes and he doesn't want to move? Give me a break. He's been waiting because this has been the plan of God all along. By the way, where where uh, where Peter quotes Joel and says, and it shall come to pass, Old Testament uh, translation into the King James says, it shall come to pass afterwards. Afterwards is translated last days in Acts chapter 2. That specifically means that last day, that period, means the period of time for the Holy Ghost to be incarnate in man. The last period. The last time. We think of the last of the last days. When we talk about end times or last days, use those phrases. We think of the last of the last days. But it literally means the last time, the last dispensation. The last dispensation there is, folks, is the one we're in now. The dispensation of the miracle worker that indwells man. This is it. We better learn to cooperate with the Holy Ghost so he can do the thing that he was sent to do. There is no do-over. There is no next phase. This is it. Well, what happens when they pray that way? What happens when the Holy Ghost inspires them to pray that he'll move? He moves. Now, why would that change in anybody's mind? Why should anybody in the church world, why should anybody that names Jesus as their Lord and Savior, why should anybody think that that pattern would or should change what's better than that I mean let's face it if God wants us to do differently now there's got to be an exchange or a swap for something better doesn't it because the Bible says we have a better covenant established upon better promises if we've got something better than what they did and what they started with somebody needs to tell me what it is because I would question and debate that anything is better than that
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Now whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew 8:17 tells us why He healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to MikeWeb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: When they had prayed by the Holy Ghost for the move of the Holy Ghost, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice there's a refilling. These are people that are already filled and speak with tongues. They've just prayed in tongues. But it's talking about a new and a fresh refilling. See, folks, there is one infilling of the Holy Ghost, but there's a lot of refreshers. There's a lot of refirings. But if you're not using what you've got, you wouldn't know that. And a lot of the church doesn't. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Verse 33 And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Here's power. Here's the result of praying for the move of the Holy Ghost. Power is shown, just like they asked for. Now, as I said before, people are still people. It's not like everybody's walking around with a halo over their head, they're still having trouble with their flesh. Acts chapter 5 tells us about Ananias and Sapphira that tried to get political in the church and gain a position that God had not intended for them and that did not turn out well for them. But it shows, and I'm glad we've got the record of it because it shows just exactly how people are still going to be people with their own quirks, their own flaws, their own faults, their own sins, their own works of the flesh and so forth right in the middle of a move of the Holy Ghost. See, a move of the Holy Ghost doesn't make everybody's character right. Right? It just creates an atmosphere. The prayer of the church just creates an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to move and show himself strong. You're still responsible for walking in the spirit. You're still responsible for resisting the devil. And this shows that people are still people. They're not some special saints that we can never attain to. Verse 12, after the Ananias and Sapphira affair. Verse 12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest dared no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women. People are getting saved right and left, daily, regularly. In so much, in other words, here's the connection with people being added to the Lord because they're seeing this kind of power and this kind of result of the move of the Holy Ghost insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and some of them were healed. And they were healed every one. Notice what happens when the Holy Ghost has control of the church's prayer life. People are healed in the streets. Now, again, you can't say they've got some special place with God or some acting in some special uh, means of perfection. We just saw two people die in church trying to gain a position that wasn't theirs. We can't say it's their character. We can't say it's the holiness of the people that's made this happen because if they were holy, then everybody would be holy. And that's not the case. We see right on the heels of this in the next chapter or so, we see that people start arguing about how people are being fed in the, in the daily distribution of the, of the food. People are still people. They've still got their same quirks. They've still got their same flaws. They've still got their same divisions among themselves. They're still arguing and fighting about things about things like kids. People don't always do that, but the move of the Holy Ghost is taking place right in the midst of them. Why? Well, if it's not because of their character, if it's not because they put away every, bit, every trace of sin in their life, what is the evidence that we see in the Bible? Their prayer life. It's their prayer life that causes the Holy Ghost to move. Folks, I've got two goals for every person that considers this church to be their home church. Number one, to pray regularly, every day, several times a day for the move of the Holy Ghost. Secondly, To pray for the sick of the church. Oh, Pastor Mike, your vision doesn't say anything about walking in love. The Bible says love is the greatest thing. Listen, you start praying for the the move of the Holy Ghost, which is the will of God, and you start praying for other people in the church that are believing for their healing to be healed, you won't have near the problem walking in love that you're having now. Because you're praying first for the will of God, and secondly, you're praying for others. That'll solve a lot of the love problem for many people. And that's why you see over and over again, it talks about these people are in one accord and they're praying together. What does that mean? That means whatever their their differences are between one and another, whatever their differences are between Jews and Greeks or old people and young people or men and women, whatever the case is, whatever divisions people try to make between mankind, whatever those things are, are overcome by their prayer lives. What's the answer, Pastor Mike, for the black versus white issue? Prayer. Prayer. What's the issue between gays versus straights? Prayer. What's the solution for the gender equality inequality gap? Prayer. What's the answer for America? Prayer. So what do you pray? Yeah, people quote scriptures though, but the Bible says in Proverbs, it says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and the Lord turns it wherever he wants. Well, what does that mean? Folks, it means one and only one thing. It means God is greater than the leader's but it does not mean that we can just pray and our leaders will make godly decisions. Now, why is that so important? John Wesley said this. He said, it seems that God can do nothing except man ask him first. Now, he added this. He said, why that is, we don't know. Well, he didn't know. We do. The reason is because man has authority, not God here on the earth. And if we don't use our authority to ask him to do what is his will to do already, then even though he wants it to be done, he's hindered from doing it. If you don't believe that, then turn back to Mark chapter 6 and see where Jesus could in Nazareth do no mighty work. God wanted it to be done. God had anointed Jesus to do it, but he couldn't do it. And the reason he couldn't do it was because of community unbelief. Folks, I would submit to you that the modern-day church is community unbelief. Somebody has a diagnosis of some dreaded sickness or disease or cancer or whatever the case might be. And they've got to search for somebody that knows something about healing. If they even reach out to God in any sense whatsoever, and many times they have to fight their own pastor. They have to fight their own church friends. Just trying to get some kind of help from God. The modern day church warns people and works against the very thing that the early church prayed for. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, there's two things. You're going to have to do what Jesus did. He went around to villages teaching, trying to overcome the unbelief through the teaching of the truth of the word. But secondly, it's going to take prayer. Because whether you know it or not, your prayer determines the atmosphere of our church service. It's changing the atmosphere through prayer. Now, anybody can do that. We may not change the, be able to change the, the spiritual atmosphere, the spiritual temperature of the church world at large, but we can sure affect our and, and uh, influence our own. And if God will not do for our church what he did for the early church because of the condition of the, the church world at large, then I've got a beef with God. Because whether, you're not, whether you recognize it this way or not, everything we see in the book of Acts is one church. It's one local church. They controlled it for themselves. Now, they're the only church there is. So they are the church world as well as the as well as local church. But they are a local church. Well, if that local church can do it, we can do it too. Let me remind you of something else. Turn with me over to James chapter 5. I'm not even going to get past the recap this morning. But James chapter 5, the Bible says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Here's the second witness. James writes to the church and says in chapter 5, verse 13, Is any among you afflicted? That means going through a test or trial or a hardship. Let him pray. What's the answer to trouble? Prayer. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? The implication is there shouldn't be. But is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them. Pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The word pray in verse 14 is the word worship or supplicate. It just means an oratory prayer. It just means a general prayer. But then it goes further and it says in verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. This word prayer in verse 15 is a different word. It's a word that means a declaration or a statement. It means a vow. It means to declare something. The declaration of faith shall heal the sick. Now, if that's all it takes, if all it takes is declaring in Jesus' name, according to the word of God, Jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and with his stripes you're healed. If that declaration of faith is all it takes, why don't we see more healings in the church? And since we don't see more healings in the church by making that declaration of faith, and I'm not talking about other people, I'm talking about with me. I'm talking about me and my own, my own church, my own situation. If that's not the way that it's working, if that's not the results that we're getting, then there must be something else that we're missing out on. Rather than keep banging our heads on the same wall, expecting the wall to fall down, why don't we see if we're doing the right things? Well, what makes the difference? Notice it says the prayer or statement or declaration of faith shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16 is part of this. Confess your faults, sins, wrongdoings, one to another. Now that doesn't mean to have confessional services. That means if I've got something against you, I need to clear it up. If you've got something against me, pray about it. That's how you clear most things up. But it does say, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. This word pray is the word statement or vow. It's the same word translated prayer in verse 15. Declare, make declarations. Confess your faults one to another and make declarations one for another. Declarations of faith that you may be healed. So what is he saying? Uh, Let me finish the verse. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The word effectual means well-grounded or valid. In other words, praying the right way works. Praying the right way works. What is the right way? Well, he just identified earlier in the verse that it contains two things. It means walking in love toward one another and praying in faith. Now, when the church does that, then the elders of the church making the declaration of faith over the six sick in verse 14 or 15. No, I'm sorry. I was right. Verse 14. The declaration of the elders in verse 14 works. In other words, James is saying in, in what many believe is the first letter written to the church, chronologically, James is saying, here's how healing works in the church when the church walks in love and prays for each other, then the elders just simply make declarations and on and with on make declarations of faith over them and the the sick are healed. Now again, John Leslie, I don't know why I'm quoting him so much, but I'll quote him again on this uh, 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 verse. He said, this is the only process that was made available for healing in the church until it was lost by unbelief. So here's the second declaration or the second witness that we have of the early church at work. When the church walks in love toward one another and prays for one another to be healed, healing works in the church through the elders. Now, if James is not inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this, why did he put it down? James is the pastor of the church at Jerusalem, the very church that we've just seen the Holy Ghost moving through. Now, that was before James became the pastor. But this is the same guy in the same setting in the same church. And he's saying, here's how healing is supposed to work in the local church. Well, who should know if not him? He's in the church where the Holy Ghost first began to move. And he's saying, here's how the Holy Ghost moves in the church. Now, he talks a little further about prayer, where he says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. He says in the next verse, verse 17, he says, Elijah is our example. Elijah prayed for the rain. That cannot be coincidence, folks that he uses Elijah praying for the rain as the example when the Bible says concerning the move of the Holy Ghost, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Now the time of the latter rain means the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. I've got two goals. One is to get you praying for the move of the Holy Spirit and the second is to get you praying for healing for those in the church. Those are my two goals. I, those will never change that may be my constant comment from this point until Jesus comes back and it may be the reason some people pray for Jesus to come quick (laughs) because I'm going to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it until you're either under conviction and do it or have to admit you're in rebellion to God because in doing those two things you're praying for the will of God and you're praying as an act of love for somebody else God's Word is the answer for every problem we'll face in this life. What a privilege it is to believe God and to walk by faith. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. So they've got
1: gifts of healings in their midst, yet they're not discerning or appreciating the fact that the body and the blood of the Lord means Jesus shed His blood and took stripes upon His back for the healing of the physical body well, what is it about this group?
0: What are we to learn from the Church of Corinth? Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.